0: From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Lavicka Live on ESPN 106.3.
1: Ooh, 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 we have a change to the NFL overtime. Get ready for this stone. This is what we live for. Ooh, we're presented by... The FAU MBA
0: Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash mbasport.
1: The owners have approved an overtime rule change literal minutes from where we're at in our Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. Hell, we can see the breakers from our Phillips Point Tower, especially if you're on our sixth floor of our parking garage in the (laughs) baking sun. Thanks, Phillips Point. But you can see the breakers where the owners are right now. This is from Mike Florio Pro Football Talk. NFL owners approved a proposal to change its overtime rules for the postseason. Both teams now will be guaranteed a possession in overtime in the playoffs before the game becomes sudden death. Under the new rules, the Bills would have gotten a possession after the Chiefs either tried a PAT or a two-point conversion. Owners considered two proposals on Tuesday. The Titans proposal allowed for the team with the first possession and overtime to win only with a touchdown and a successful two-point conversion. The Colts and Eagles proposal guaranteeing a possession for each team is the one that passed. So it seems that the team that wins the coin toss in overtime may choose to kick rather than receive so that it knows exactly what it needs for a tie and what it needs for a win. Now, This is only in the postseason. Mm. It's the same overtime that we've had for the last decade in the regular season. And the way it's been explained is that how it works in the postseason will then be a tryout for whether or not they extend it into the regular season, which to me doesn't make one solitary bit of damn sense. It just when it actually matters. But wouldn't you test something in a regular season before games that could mean life or death at a playoff scenario? I mean, 100%. But, I mean, at the same time, like like I said, when it matters, we want to see how the cookie crumbles.
2: But, yeah, it's easier to try it out during the season. But I guess you need those ones to get into the postseason.
1: I, 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 what do we say, though, if there's a game that... It, you have a different... I don't know. I don't know. You... You have a different overtime setup layout in the regular season that could cost you. If uh, why is it different late in the season if Tom Brady doesn't get the ball and the Bucks lose and that ruins their playoff chances or puts them in a less desirable seed than both teams having the ball in the post? Why why didn't you? Why don't you just make that universal? Like I don't I don't understand it. You mean to tell me in a ten or fifteen minute overtime period it makes that bit of difference the games extended that much longer that we're going to say oh no 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 we don't need to change it yet like that that seems stupid that seems really really pointless like why wouldn't you just make the change across the board and one of the points made again uh on pro football talk in a separate story is oh teams were hesitant to go ahead and extend games any longer than they had to be it's a 10 or 15 minute overtime period come on man If, like, that additional three and a half minutes per side of the ball is going to make that big a difference, like, that's on the players. Come on. And that
2: one team out of the entire slate on a Sunday even gets that opportunity.
1: Come on. But that's how they're going to go about it. It was 29-3. to By the way, the Dolphins voted against um, the proposal that ended up being passed. I don't know what that means. I don't have really any take on that. I don't understand it. But they were one of three teams that said, eh, no, we're, uh, we're good. That's
2: a big brain, Mike McDaniel.
1: Yeah, so, Mike McDaniel says, "You know what? We're not going to need overtime." He's going against the grain. We got it, man. Uh, Adam <laughs> Schefter tweeted: uh, "Here's what the NFL's new OT rule is trying to guard against. Over the past decade, teams that won the overtime coin flip in the postseason were ten and two, including seven of those ten wins coming on the opening possession." This is going to be known as the Josh Allen rule. Totally, like that. That is that is the change because Josh Allen didn't get the ball in overtime. So that's why we're in this spot now. But again, if you're going to do it in the playoffs, why wouldn't you do it in the regular season? So the way it looks now is one team has the ball, they go, they score. They go for two, they don't get it. Or fine, they kick an extra point. Then the other team has the ball come down, they can extend the overtime, or they can go for two, and you proceed from there. It seems pretty Simple, right? Right. It's pretty exciting, actually. I, I can't wait to see how it, it just plays makes out. a whole lot more sense. Like it's common sense. But take it a step further with common sense. It would be to just have it as a part of the regular season too. It's not like we're saying eliminate the tie. It's not like we're saying let's have a field goal contest. Like we're 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 playing a full overtime period, and if it maybe extends a little bit longer then that's fine because it's done at the end of the overtime period. I, I just I don't understand why you wouldn't have it in the regular season, too.
2: I mean, to your point, and this kind of goes against it, now, I guess what they could be saying is we don't want the new rule to affect a team not getting into the playoffs or vice versa. Why would that matter? Why would it matter? It, it, but it, I, I wonder if that's what anybody is
1: saying. But why would it matter? It, it's You can say that with the current. Overtime situation. Oh, a team that doesn't matter ended up getting the ball first and winning. Like, that's the, that's the same exact argument for how it affects a team that ultimately wouldn't matter in a postseason conversation in the regular season. So, I, 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 again, to use it as a tryout for the postseason or to use the postseason OT change as a tryout for the regular season makes no sense. It feels like that entire thing is just completely backwards. So, uh, again, mandatory for each team to have an overtime possession before moving to sudden death. So, if you come down the field and uh, one team has the opening possession, they kick an extra point, fine. The other team gets the ball, touchdown, extra point. Then it becomes sudden death. Next team wins. That seems pretty common sense. Yeah. Why Why is that incapable of going to be a part of the 18-week regular season? I just... They, they continue to boggle my mind with things where the NFL, they do something and you say, all right, hey, we're on the right track to something. This is good. But then they do something like this where it's, oh, but we're only doing it for the playoffs. And this has nothing to do with hockey because with hockey, you're 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 playing an overtime period, a full overtime period. uh You have less guys, three on three in the overtime period, um, but it's still true to the game, right? It's still true to the sport, right? And then you go to a shootout because you don't want to have guys in the regular season skating for God knows how long and fans were having a backlash against playing for ties. Okay, we as football fans, a tie doesn't happen nearly as much as hockey did, so they don't have to worry about that. Um, And uh, so then you come up with an overtime system that after 15 minutes, it's a done deal no matter what happened. In the playoffs, you go to a sudden death, it works. Fundamentally, hockey doesn't change once you get past regulation, In the regular season, then, just to expedite the process and eliminate injuries, you have a shootout. In the postseason, play as long as you need to. Same thing in the NFL, except we're going to have a different overtime in the regular season where one team may not touch the ball in OT, which, again, doesn't make any sense. Make it make sense, NFL. The, The playoff one, at least my solace is the the playoffs do make sense. So I guess... I suppose if I were going to pick one or the other, I'd like the playoffs one to make sense. But who's to say that some team's not going to get screwed off of the, hey, old uh, OT rules. First team gets the ball, scores a touchdown game over to lead into the postseason. There's a whole 18 weeks you play to earn your chance to get into the postseason. That's the only point I'm trying to make. Do you like the new OT rule? Is it a better OT rule? The postseason rule, not the regular season rule. God, is that convoluted. The new playoff rule for overtime. Do you think it's better? Both teams get the ball. If they both are on even terms after one possession, it goes to a sudden death. That is the new overtime rule in the postseason in the NFL. Are you good with it? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888- 7603776. Both teams get a possession. If they're still on even terms after one possession, it's sudden death. That is the new NFL playoff overtime. Thumbs up to that? You good with it or do you think that it just doesn't do enough? 888 760 760 3776 That's the thing about the NFL. They they dip their toe. It's, ooh, 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 we're so scared of change. Ooh. Like, just do it. What could go wrong? Just do it. Yes. Nothing can go wrong with this by bringing it to the regular season as well. Absolutely nothing. There is so much less controversy if you just bring this type of overtime to the regular season. It's good.
2: The rule literally gives us more football. What could go wrong? It gives us more football. And
1: then cuts it off before injuries can happen, which is the argument against it. Ooh, but there's too much football. You can play for a tie still. You can still have a tie. We're not playing 17 overtimes in the regular season, okay? Hey, come on. Are you good with the new playoff overtime in the NFL? One team gets a possession. If they're uneven terms after those possessions, it's sudden death after. Why they can't go to the regular season with that, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what the playoffs are. You good with it? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us, at KLV1063. Now, I didn't necessarily mind the Titans' proposal, Mike Vrabel's proposal, which was the first team to have the possession, they score a touchdown, and they can only end the game after that touchdown with a two-point conversion. I kind of like that. I'm kind of into that, but I think it's better to have both teams actually touch the football. This is definitely, though, the Josh Allen rule, right? I mean,
2: 100%, and and eventually it's going to start... Social media will give it that name. We'll we'll give it
1: the Josh Allen rule. No, I don't want social media to take the credit for it. Ken Levicki gave it that name. (laughs) Ken Uh, Levick gave it that name. Okay, that's fair. Um. Real quick, Mike Tannenbaum, I want you to listen to this, Stone. This was from Get Up This Morning. Mike Tannenbaum talking about the Patriots. You know, before that, uh, we have Robert Kraft, right? Robert Kraft, Pat's owner. He uh, took the the quick trip down the island to the Breakers, where the NFL owners' meetings are, and uh, he he was discussing with reporters just how frustrated he was that it's been a whole three years since the Patriots won a playoff game. Here's Robert Kraft.
0: I'll just say
1: I'm a Patriot
0: fan big time first. And more than anything, it, it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years. And I'll I'm happy that um, we had a great I think we had a great draft last year and it made up for what happened the previous four years or so and I look forward to hopefully having a great draft this year that's the only way you can build your team for long term and consistently that uh, you have a chance of winning is having a good draft.
1: Oh, well, Robert Kraft accentuating the draft. Does that sound like a little bit of a shot at the Dolphins, maybe? The only way to have consistent and sustained long-term success is through the draft. A little bit of jealousy there. Ooh. Well, I, 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 let me tell you this, Mr. Kraft. The Dolphins used the draft to oh. go get the cheetah. Mm. Okay? They, they, they used those draft picks to get Tyreek Hill. Who has now pushed you down into the third best team in the AFC East? <laughs> Burke, Ken, Levica. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the Dolphins used the draft. They just didn't draft the player, Mister Kraft. You got I, anything else to say? It's a it's a very valid point. And also, what a
2: like a lame interview. Like, the draft is the only way to have long term success. This is not the answer I'm looking for. Like, thanks, Robert Kraft. Well, we thanks. get it.
1: But it's a new era of the NFL. Like what worked what worked in your dynasty with Tom Brady and he clearly was the X factor why you you won championships. The Rams, they went for it, went all in, didn't use the draft, came out on top. The Bucs, they didn't use the draft, they took your quarterback and won a championship. You know what in my world, my Dolphins world, I could give two dams about long-term success. I don't care. The Dolphins could be 0 and 17 Five years from now. But if they get to an AFC title game this year, win a Super Bowl next year, you know what I don't care about in five years? Oh, and 17. Uh, You mean 15 years. (laughs) I don't (laughs) care. I just don't. But Mike Tannenbaum was on Get Up talking about Robert Kraft and discussing the Patriots this morning. Here is our football insider here on Ken LeVick Alive, Mike Tannenbaum with Greeny and the folks on Get Up. Listen to this.
0: I think what Mr. Kraft is saying is there's expectations that are high there. And they had a great year with Mac Jones. They went to the playoffs. He has to take the next step. I think Cleveland will be the odd team now because I think Deshaun Watson will serve a meaningful suspension. And I think only one team from the South gets in. So I do think New William gets in. I just think the standards are so high there that what they accomplished last year with Mac Jones is really hard to quantify. But make no mistake about it. The AFC is going to be historically
1: tough this year. All right. So he he proclaimed, Mr. T proclaimed, that the Patriots are going to be in the postseason. The Pats are in the postseason. So I want to do the math here, okay? So he said that my, uh, Mr. T said that he thinks the Browns are not going to go to the playoffs because this year there's going to be a lengthy suspension served by Deshaun Watson, okay? So let's get Cleveland out of there, all right? <laughs> Gone. Gone? Gone. All right. One team's going to come from the South, okay? That's...
2: Uh, I, it, the same ones as, as last year?
1: Yeah. Indy? I mean, let's go Indy. Okay. Indy. Let's go Indy. Indy's the... Um, and, and and again, if you're Stephen A. Smith, they're a um, Super Bowl contender, too. So Indy's coming out of the South, okay? How bad of a one
2: seed yeah. was Tennessee... The fact that we just didn't put him in there, but, yeah. keep, but keep going.
1: Yeah, no, let's go with Indy. It's either going to be Indy or or Tennessee. Yeah, okay. Then there is the AFC North. Uh, if it's not the Browns, and Mike T said, uh, "Hey, no Browns," then let's go with the Ravens. Okay. Okay. Do the do do does that feel like a? I mean, Mitch Trubisky is your Steelers quarterback. Uh, that feels like a one playoff team division, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think the Ravens are the the threatening ones. Okay.
1: So then you have the West. Okay? And so we're assuming that the Chiefs are going to be there, right? Of course. And you would be furious if I didn't put them in there. I would be. Yeah. So you've got the Chiefs. And let's see. What else? Uh, You've got the Broncos? Go ahead. All right. Raiders? Yeah. Okay. So that leaves the Chargers out. That's fine. Okay, one of them's got to get left out. All right, so we've got one, two, three. So in the AFC East, let's just still say it's the Bills. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So that's that's the extent of it. So if if Mr. T, if Mike T, thinks that the the Patriots are getting in, you know who that leaves out. <laughs> you know who that leaves out. Uh, our boys. Yeah. The fence. Yeah.
2: Wow. We're yeah. going to have to pose this to him tomorrow. Oh, so we got to ask him straight up. We're not posing it to him. We're asking him straight up. <laughs> Did you mean... We're not posing anything. Did you mean that the Dolphins are
1: not making the playoffs? Yeah. Or would you say that? Yeah. This, um, this is bothersome because I thought that the man was on board with us. And it seems like he's not. And he's going to be on tomorrow. And I think that there are legitimate questions that we need to ask him. Why are you turning your back? on the Dolphins. Why is this happening? This is wrong. This is fundamentally
2: wrong. Now, I mean, it would it might depend on his stance on giving up that much capital. Like, is he totally against it, and is he turned off by it? That, damn, they gave up so much draft capital, and you know, he's a former, someone who made those decisions. Yeah. So, so does he not agree with it? We also left Cincinnati out. They're, oh, going, we did leave they're Cincinnati. going Super Bowl to, yeah. to, to no playoffs. No, you're right. You're I right. mean, I, I like it. I don't want to see him go to the playoffs. I want to see... Them not have the successful of a year. But, yeah, I mean, we're putting all these AFC West teams in.
1: But if he's going to put the Patriots in, if he's going to put the Patriots in, uh, that means that I, I don't think that he believes the Dolphins are a playoff team. And we're going to need to ask him about it. Today. He's saying no Dolphins and only one AFC North team. Yeah. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. All right. Well, looks like we got some – we have to speak with Mike Tannenbaum. We have to get this sorted out. This is a problem. That took me off guard this morning. Completely caught me off guard. I believed in Mike T, and I believed in his, uh, his belief in the Dolphins. Now, he's been a little bit eh on Tua. I get that. But I didn't think that was enough to throw him off the Dolphins' playoff trail. Yeah, and you were pretty hurt when you asked him last week. Does the Tyreek oh, yeah. Hill pick up? Is it a monumental like, he move for the Dolphins? Way too hesitant for my liking. Way too hesitant for my liking. Okay. But he—if you're putting seven playoff teams in, if you're putting seven playoff teams in, and again, Mike T, let's do the math. Let's do the Tannenbaum math here. Okay, he says the Patriots are in, so they're in. There's one of these seven. Okay, we're just assuming the Ravens win the North. Okay, uh, then uh, you've got to put the defending champs in. You right? do the Bengals. So there's two of them. Okay, let's just take the Ravens out for now. Uh, you've got Indy. And then you have the Chiefs winning. So there's four right there. There's your four-division champion. Oh, what? Not the Pats. So the Bills, the Bills are your division champs. Okay? One, two, three, four, five. Okay? And then, oh, man, this is so tough. This is so tough because you're put in such a difficult spot. So, yeah, then the Ravens, say, Well, you're going to have another team out of the West.
2: Though. Yeah, I was going to say, we, so now there's bubble teams. Now there's Oakland. Mm. Now there's, or I mean. Well, look I mean, at you. Wow. Las Vegas. Wow. Las Vegas.
1: So then it would be between the Broncos, the Chargers, mm. the Ravens, and the Dolphins.
2: Those are some good bubble teams. It is make or break for the AFC.
1: Very exciting. Well, we have a question for him. Okay? We're we're not going to ambush him, but I'm going to ask him, if you think the Pats are making the playoffs, who's missing out in lieu of the Patriots? How have they made themselves demonstrably better? Is Mac Jones that much better than Tua of vailoa Are you just drinking the Patriot Kool-Aid? Mike Tannenbaum. And again, we respect him, but if he's on the show every week, we have the right to call him out, right?
2: And if he's gonna answer it with something like, Well, yes, somebody's gonna have to get left out and, and not bring
1: up teams, then we gotta we gotta bring it to him. I'll say, Hey, you know what? I'm leaving the Raiders out. Okay? How about that for a bold statement, Mr. T. Hey, Lamar, sorry, no Ravens. Out. Mm, Russell Wilson didn't work. Yeah, whoa, man, that's just not a good situation there in Denver. It just doesn't <laughs> have uh, the the weapons that you would have liked for him. So uh Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle. Mike DeSicki. Fastest offense in the history of the NFL. I'm going with that, okay, Mike T? Good. All right. Thumbs up. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow, Mike Tannenbaum, we need to have a conversation. Still on the Bannerwits Friday night light time, Ken Lavica. When we return, it's another apology. And this time it's coming from Will Smith. Will Smith has realized the wrongs of slapping another man with an open hand palm. We'll discuss it when we come back. He's Stone Lemanowicz. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
0: From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Hey, we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash Sports.
1: Hey, in a sign that baseball just gets it. They just get it. They know what the fan wants. Max Scherzer, his return to Washington, April 8th, Mets at Nats. You know where you can catch that? Apple TV+. I mean, Jesus God, baseball. Get a clue. <laughs> not ESPN, not MLB Network. But catch Max Scherzer's return to DC on Apple TV Plus. And really the effort the effort to get that is gonna be a text message. Hey man, can I get your Apple TV login? Oh my god. That's it. I I do not have Apple TV Plus. I've never considered getting Apple TV Plus. I've no desire to ever get Apple TV Plus. I would have liked to catch Max Scherzer's return to Washington, but in true baseball fashion, they're going to make it impossible for me to watch it. And you know what? I don't care. Fine. You know what? I'll, I'll deal with it. And I won't be upset because that's what baseball does. As soon as something is dangled out there that you might think might be a little bit cool, baseball makes you search for it, turns it into a scavenger hunt. I mean, that is patently absurd oh but we're just taking care of our partners our tv partners no your tv partners are espn your tv partners you own mlb network i can at least track that down okay but apple tv plus Uh eh? not happening sorry but enjoy your uh, minuscule audience for what is maybe the early storyline of the baseball season. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 1063, Friday Night Light, Stone Labanowitz. He is back from vacation. Went to Bimini. And you you went in one of those, those water planes. What do they call them? Yeah, I think hydroplanes. Hydroplanes. A little PJ. Just me and the fam. That's awesome, man. How much does that run you? How much does that cost? I, I don't know. Were you scared?
2: No, 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 no. I used to have to take mini planes from Illinois. There was no way to get to St. Louis airport. So I've on those mini planes. But taking off from the water and landing on the water was pretty. That would be
1: off-putting to me. Like, I don't know. I like a runway, a nice, like, I don't know, asphalt
2: runway. Nah, nah. You got a good view of the island, and you're coming down nice and fast. Just this sapphire blue water. And you touch down, you land a plane in the water. Just you and your family, six you, Oh, there was eight of us.
1: So it was awesome. How do you get off the plane?
2: Pull up to the dock.
1: Oh, okay. You go up to the dock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you had to wade through the 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 shallow ocean water. I have no idea. No,
2: right up to the dock. The thing stays right on top of the water. So this was a family
1: trip. It was a family trip. That's good stuff, man. Did you fish? I mean, we didn't do any fishing. We did a lot of diving. Okay. We did a lot of diving. swam with some sharks. D- diving makes me nervous. Like I get, I get like panic attacks when I do because the water's so cold and everything. Like I don't know. You're just underwater. Like I can swim. But I don't like being around things in the water. I don't like things with teeth. I don't like things that are bigger than, like, my pinky finger. The whole thing it makes me really uneasy. But, hey, if you're into that,
2: that's good. We've been doing it for a while, though. I, I, it wasn't our first time jumping in some water with some sharks. I mean, sharks don't want to hurt anybody. Uh, Dean brought up No, they, they do. No, they
1: don't. They do. Everything <laughs> in the ocean wants to kill you. They do want to hurt
2: you. People would not let you off their boat, jump into twenty-foot seas with wa- with sharks. If they weren't, if they were going to hurt you, like they they're, they're not. They're like dogs. Like if you run away from them or you, you splash in their face, maybe they'll want some beef. But hey, <laughs> they, they they have no interest in you. <laughs> maybe they want some beef. Now, were you able to to catch any of the uh, college basketball games All, while you were in Bimini? Every single one of them. Really? Yeah. Really. There was a casino. Okay. Did you oh, did you gamble? Yeah, just a little bit. All right. So a little bit and by a little bit you mean a lot? A lot of bit. Yeah. A lot. Of it. And there was a <clears throat> sports book. There was they 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 were. Everything's
1: legal there. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Is that where your uh, offshore betting account is based out of is uh, Bimini? <laughs> Bimini or Puerto Rico? Uh-huh. I mean, either one. Yeah. Um uh, so so how jacked are you for Duke in North Carolina? I can't wait okay I can't so wait. even someone from your generation you understand the significance of it because we were discussing a little bit yesterday these are the two biggest brands in college basketball
2: and right? how often do you get a lead up like we got just yeah. the smackdown at home in your last home well, game ever that's
1: the thing it's not just the coach K storyline it is the fact that North Carolina delivered the previous coach K storyline in this his farewell tour final season uh, Coach K, by the way, and I can't believe I didn't mention it in a discussion about farewell tours. Well, it's cool what's happening to Duke with Coach K in his final year and his final run through the NCAA tournament, he has become the newest poster boy for why farewell tours suck because it is just incessant and nonstop. And you get thoughts like this from Seth Greenberg, who was on with Max Kellerman and Jay Will and Keyshawn Johnson uh, yesterday and Seth Greenberg. College basketball has been going on for an awful long time, a long time. And Seth Greenberg, he says Saturday, biggest game ever.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, it's not even close. I mean, maybe uh, you could say the Duke UNLV rematch, but that's not, what I was but, wondering. But but, right not, but not even close because it's Duke Carolina. It's the biggest game of the year every single year. It's the highest rated game every single year. It's going to all of a sudden and and think about the stage it's on. It's not just on. You know, in in the final four, it's in the final Final four after the pandemic. Because last year's NCAA tournament really wasn't a normal NCAA tournament without fans. It it didn't have the pageantry, the energy, uh, and everything that surrounds, you know, the final four.
1: So, because this is the first final four after the pandemic that's part of why it's the biggest college basketball game ever. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying Duke, that. Duke North Carolina's is awesome, I mean, they've never met in the NCAA tournament. That is wildly significant. That is not lost on me. Coach K's last season adds that much more oomph to it. But calling it the biggest college basketball game of all time, I have a hard time with that because NC State, the tip-in, Jimmy V, that, to me, you look back is one of the biggest college basketball games of all time. And let's not forget the college basketball game that changed the sport forever, changed college basketball forever, maybe changed the sport as a whole forever, was Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, National Championship game, 79, Michigan State, Indiana State. So I think it's easy to get caught up in hyperbole because it is the final game, or maybe the final game, Certainly the final season, the final four, with the arguable greatest coach of all time, I get why we get caught up in that conversation, but I also think that this farewell tour has us, and especially Seth Greenberg, in our feelings a little bit, and we are prone to accept all of the Coach K hoopla that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks, and then suddenly declare that this is the biggest college basketball game of all time. That is is a tough declaration to make four days before this game because the final chapter of that discussion gets written Saturday night. Now, I hear you loud and clear, but we don't even know how this game's going to play out. What if we get double overtime? Okay, then you got to eat your words. But what I'm saying is that college basketball back in the – and Max Kellerman brought up the rematch Duke-UNLV. That was Coach K winning the national championship. Bobby Hurley, Christian Leitner, and all those guys – Figuring out a way to knock down mighty UNLV. From that perspective, the lead up to that game, when college basketball was still much more significant in the day to day framework of American sports than it is now, this is the only time of year that a good portion of America is tuning in. At that time, it was one of the biggest sports in the country. That plays into this. The lead up to that game was just as, if not more significant, than this game Saturday night. Duke, Kentucky, Elite Eight, the Christian Leitner shot. The lead up into that game was just as significant as this one. So, yes, we're saying farewell to a legend, but we're saying farewell to a legend in a sport whose whose platform in the pantheon of American sports has been diminished so much so that you can't make the declaration that this is the biggest college basketball game of all time.
2: And also, you mentioned guys like Christian Laettner and, and these guys for UNLV and NC State. Those kids were senior, juniors and seniors, who had built up personalities uh-huh. and built up brands of themselves. Le- le-
1: yes, Now exactly. we
2: Now we have one player on Duke that we know in Paolo mm-hmm. Banchero, who right.
1: is 18 years old. He's a freshman. Unless you are in, in, unless you really pay attention from start to finish of the college basketball season, and at no time have less people done that than now in the history of college basketball. You're just watching Coach K. You're watching it because of Coach K. You're watching because of Duke and North Carolina. Absolutely. Very well said. Whereas you were watching for the star power in Duke and UNLV, in Duke and Kentucky, um, in Michigan State and Indiana State. Hell, I remember Arizona uh, with, uh, with Mike Bibby. Those years, I mean, there was more star power than there is now with Duke and North Carolina, okay? This is, this is no longer the days of Christian Laettner, J.J. Redick, any of those guys, Eric Montross, Michael Jordan, uh-uh. The, the, this is not that. So I get that we're excited for Saturday. I can't wait for Saturday. Coach K, this has been transfixing, seeing this run through the NCAA tournament. But this is not the biggest college basketball game of all time. Not by a long shot. Uh-uh.
2: No way. But it could be. you gotta let that, You got to slip that in there. We could would be. If
1: it's a great game, we'll look at it and say that was an incredible experience. That was amazing. And it happened with Coach K on the precipice of possible history. Winning on his way out, which we all love. That's one of the greatest sports stories. But it does not match. A Duke UNLV. It does not match a Michigan State, Indiana State. It does not match an NC State. It doesn't even match Villanova in Houston. Like, it just doesn't. Would it
2: help if Roy Williams was still standing there? I think it would help. Um, it is so weird. Yes, it would help. That would would help. It is, it is again, so weird. But we'd be
1: watching for the coaches. Right. We'd be watching for the coaches still. Because there's no there's no longevity in college basketball any longer. Okay. So the 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 scale in which we view college basketball in now in this country automatically disqualifies it from being the biggest college basketball game of all time. Mm. We are hoping so many people now are rooting for Coach K, and I'm not a Coach K guy, but I'm rooting for Coach K. That said, that's why I'm watching. Not anything to do with the stars on the floor. And that wasn't the case for some of the other biggest college basketball games of all time. Do you agree with Seth Greenberg that Duke, North Carolina is the biggest college basketball game of all time. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us, at KLV1063. So I would say NC State, Houston, Villanova, Georgetown, those were even bigger games all time in the sport than Duke, North Carolina on Saturday. And I'm not trying to knock it down. I, I am looking forward to seeing this, but I just think that we're getting caught up in a little bit of hyperbole. Think we're getting a little caught up in Coach K's final couple of moments as a college basketball coach, and we're not paying full enough attention and not truly grasping just how far college basketball has fallen in popularity in the landscape of American sports, where it used to be near the top. Is Saturday Duke, North Carolina, biggest college basketball game of all time? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six 760 3776 88-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV 106.3. Uh, I think we have to do something important here, Stone. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to thank everybody at the ballpark, at the Palm Beaches, for hosting us yesterday. Uh, downtown West Palm uh, – not downtown West Palm Beach, but if you're in downtown West Palm Beach, boom, just had a couple of minutes west, and it's right there for you. Haverhill, 45th Street. It is so easy to access. What a gorgeous place the ballpark of the Palm Beach is. It is the best spring training facility, period. Home of the Nationals. Home of the American League champion, Houston Astros. There are only a couple of days left of spring training. It's gone quick because it's been cut down because of the lockout. You still have a couple of days, though. The weather is supposed to be gorgeous through the weekend. Take advantage. See spring training baseball. There's nothing quite like it. The intimacy of the ballpark at the Palm Beach. 360-degree concourse. You know what I did yesterday, Stone? I did the show. I went and watched a little spring training baseball. Yesterday was the Nationals and the Marlins. I went. Got myself a quick beer. Jeanette got herself a bratwurst. We hung out, watched a little bit of baseball, called it a day. Can't beat That's it. living. Can't beat Right it. there. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Get your tickets. Get out there. If you haven't been out there yet, now's the time. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. The ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Duke, North Carolina. Saturday. Is it the biggest college basketball game of all time? Seth Greenberg says yes. I say, eh, not quite. When we return, the long-awaited apology from Will Smith. He's still in the Banner Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
0: From the Anajar and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. We're
1: presented by
0: the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash sport.
1: EDS air conditioning. EDS is yes. We are approaching summertime. It's hot. It's gross. It's sticky. A lot of you have moved down here over the last couple of months. A lot of you have come down to South Florida. And, hey, you from upstate New York or you from New York City, or you from Ohio, or you from Maine, this ain't the Northeast. Bubba, I'm telling you, you ain't going to be opening any windows during the summer to air the house out, okay? Because it is upper 80s, lower 90s every day. It rains at 3 o'clock, and guess what that does? It makes it more humid and more terrible just when you think it couldn't get any more humid. If you walk outside at 5 a.m., you're going to start sweating immediately. That is the real talk about the summer here in South Florida. So, hey, welcome to your new home. That also means that you need your air conditioning functioning, working at all times, 24-7. You don't turn it off. For seven and a half, eight months, right? Stone, I'm not joking about that. That AC is running for eight months straight. Literally. Literally. And you mentioned opening the door, lending
2: that you can't do that. No, you no. can't do that.
1: And parents get pissed. You get pissed at your kids. They open the door. It's not just the humidity, it's the mosquitoes that come flying in. They'll take <laughs> over your house, they'll squat in your house and kick you out. You got to move up to the treasure coast. I don't make the rules. That's mosquito rules. EDS air conditioning EDS is yes A train comfort specialist It's hard to stop a train If you have AC concerns Or your AC unit is old Get a new one I'm telling you right now It is worth it Let them come and install it for you At EDS air conditioning They are working appointment times around you They are trying not to hold you hostage Like so many AC companies do That's EDS air conditioning Oh how do I remember that Ken? EDS is yes It's easy EDS is yes Say it with me EDS is yes That's right. Say it, Stone. Say it. EDS is yes. Damn right. EDSAirConditioning.com and get your appointment set up now. I missed Stone yesterday because I didn't get to share our Oscars moment together. And it's still, listening back to it, it brings a tear to my eye how special it was. Will Smith and the slap of Chris Rock Sunday night at the Oscars. Let's just make sure... Before we get to uh, the Will Smith apology, let's just relive Sunday night at the Academy Awards, Will Smith, open hand slapping Chris Rock, who also happens to be a grown man, in the face at the Oscars. Got the hardest job tonight, Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now,
0: if she loses, he can't win! <laughs> He is praying that Will Smith lands. like, please,
1: Lord. Jada, I love you, GI Jane 2, can't wait to see it, all right? That was a a nice one, okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh, Richard.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow, that was a nice one. Okay, I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard.
2: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Wow.
1: Will Smith just smacked the out of me. Keep my this- wife's name out your mouth.
2: Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump.
0: Keep my wife's name out your
2: no! I'm going to, okay? <laughs> oh, <I> can, oh. <laughs> okay. That was the uh, greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. So we are here to uh, give a documentary out.
1: Oh, man. It still, still brings a smile to my face. Can we, um, can we just hear the slap real quick, Stone? Because it's like a thud. Just listen to it real quick. <laughs> One more time. You can hear him go, ooh One more. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> and he got him. <laughs> he got him. Oh. He got him. But Will Smith has apologized for his transgressions, for his wrongdoing. Something that does not shed a good light on him. It divided all of social media and the world yesterday. Will Smith slapping Chris Rock And Will Smith is trying to extend an olive branch to his comedic brother. Here is the apology from Will Smith. Violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are a part of the job. But a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There's no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained, what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Sincerely. Will. For posterity's sake, let's just hear the, uh, the slap one more time, if, uh, if we could. Again. Boom. Again. Oh, yeah. Just catch him. Oh, the Dolphins aren't going to go to the playoffs. Tyreek Hill, waste of money. <laughs> hey. Tiger Woods can't compete at the Masters. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> Max Scherzer visiting the Nationals on Apple TV Plus. <laughs> Not gonna have it. Not gonna have it. Theo Dorsey deciding that he shouldn't be on his regular Tuesday spot here on Kenlevick Alive. He gets two. <laughs> yeah, he deserves that. All three of those. <laughs> Good job, Will. That'll do, right? I mean, I guess so, and obviously right, so, he didn't, he like, didn't we, write it. We so. can end it here. He did He did
2: write it. So thanks, it. Will's team.
1: No, come on. You can't bag on Will like you're that. Right,
2: you're right. He's a grown-ass man. Yeah. That, that's all him.
1: Be careful, because if you do bag on Will Smith, you know what's going to happen to you? I do. Yeah? That's right. He's not afraid to do it, and he showed you that, okay? Uh-huh. That'll do it for us. We'll be back tomorrow. Who the hell do we have on tomorrow? Is it Jeanette in a normal Wednesday spot? Yeah. Jeanette Cinema. Yes, it is. Good. Uh, she is going to uh, review Tin Cup, actually. Uh, Jeanette Sports Movie Spectacular. Tin Cup is the movie. Stone LeBanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken LaVica. I'm live on ESPN 1063.